0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Store Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Koval, and in the building today, we have a, a really great squad with us. As always, uh, the super producer, DJ Casher is in the building. The Snack Tour Max has acquired the snacks, and of course, Mercedes Zapata, the official photographer and social media maven, is in the building. Um, we have, as our guests, we have a, a, a woman who I've we've wanted on the show... Uh, <laughs> For the last bunch of years, and she has ducked us. But today, um, we have we have we have it's it's two guests in the corner store. We have uh, the queen bee of Chicago street art and murals. Uh, someone who runs a very important, vibrant cultural space in the city of Chicago. Sarah from Chicago, Trueborn, is in the building. Sarah, hello. Hi. Good to see you. you. Uh, and also uh, a really brilliant artist who's not from Chicago but from the south but uh, spends a lot of time in the city uh, making his mark um, in the uh, vibrant Visual space uh, in Chicago and around the planet. We have Birdcap in the corner store as well. Welcome to both y'all. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You know, Max does uh, secure some snacks for y'all. So, um, Birdcap for you. Well, you know, we'll do we'll do ladies first. I'm sorry, Sarah. Um, Max got for you some uh, milk chocolate Reese's peanut butter bars I don't, it's an extra large peanut butter bar if you don't mind passing that okay. to Sarah that an extra um, large
1: hunger. there
0: you go effects. there you go and also a plastic bottle kiwi strawberry all natural snapple all right. very uh, sweet okay. thank you uh, bird cap for you Max secured you some Funyuns onion flavored rings that's
2: just so loud on a podcast yeah no no but we,
0: we, <laughs> we love the sound effects and also a uh, Arizona energy herbal tonic I'm gonna
2: fuck with that
0: okay good 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 well yeah please enjoy now or later what have you whatever you wish um but first and foremost you know uh bird cap you have a show coming up uh with this podcast will air after the uh opening of the show but the show will be open for for weeks and people should for five weeks and people should absolutely go see it um just tell us a little about this upcoming show you have at chicago true more
2: um yeah it's uh it's my first solo show and uh I wanted to have my first solo show at Trueborn. They were the first gallery to, like, return my messages. <laughs> so, That's, a good so sign. Right. That's a good sign. That's a good sign. And it's just a lot of retellings of of Greek mythologies uh, mixed with sort of, uh, I guess, references to contemporary life and, like, my daily life. Um, but, yeah, they're all just... Re- so there's Orpheus and Tantalus and Hercules and Medusa. Like, it's all of these stories that have been painted a thousand times, and this is just my go at it.
0: Yeah, why those stories?
2: Um I I mean it's just what I've always been into and uh I thought if I was going to do a body of work right now, um I I found a lot of like comfort in doing something that I knew and also it's just a trend in like culture that I was like, you know, if we can do like 19 Batman movies and if like every artist can draw Bart Simpson with like one brandable element Like, it's not a new part of culture. We've been retelling stories and just, like, doing it, you know, since society began. So, like, I I just thought I'd take, like, the most gimmicked, most redone interpretation of an art content piece and do it again
0: now through your style which you know sarah what what drew you to bird cap style and can you kind of describe it a little bit I, i i have a sense of what it is and i think it's pretty it's pretty wild and especially to see these narratives through that particular lens but but sarah what what do you like about bird cap style and how would you describe it
1: so just to just to touch on what he said really quickly the first gallery to return his message he's not talking about like last month like we've been uh we've been fucking with each other for a long time about five years six years like it's been a really long time so um the I remember seeing his work I believe I think the first time was just like on the internet right like in the early days of Instagram uh it drew me because it's so unique I mean to have a voice as an artist is so important to be able to have a signature look and to look at five different walls and be able to pick out bird cap that 's really important for me when i 'm looking for artists. You have to have a signature style and a voice um, beyond the amazing aesthetics he you know this shows a perfect example everything is so academically laced and historically laced he 's He's an academic, and he's got a real good understanding of history, and every piece has meaning to it and depth. And uh, you can look at it, just take it at face value. It could be, like, cartoony and fun-looking, uh, but there's a lot of depth to it. Um, and that's that's what I love about him.
0: Yeah, and the, the characters that you draw are, are, I mean, they are cartoon and fun-looking, but there is also a kind of robotic dystopian vibe to it as well a little bit and so I'm wondering about some of the primary, your use of a primary character in your work and where does that uh, image come from?
2: Um, It comes from a couple places. I mean, for me personally, like when whenever I was trying to like write about my work, I was like, well, I'm influenced by like Saturday morning cartoons, so like Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons and animated X-Men, like all of that is like why I draw the way I do Um, And then I wanted a reduced version of my characters that related in this, like, international way. Because I was looking at, like, a lot of, like, world myth at at the time when I started doing, like, street art or whatever. I was in Korea, and I was just really into, like, the Korean masks and then, uh, you know, being... Growing up on like Egypt and in Greece and stuff, there's all these like similarities between old cultures and old ways of art making, and I wanted some reduced form that kind of spoke in the same language. But then, like my lens was through cartoons because that's that was my childhood was like you know fucking with uh our real monsters and shit. So that was it was an amalgam of that. But what, what I do hear a lot is that robotic stuff, and that never came to me consciously it's not what I see with it because in my head I picture them as like like masks like they're more like Aztec masks or yes. Korean masks than robots but when people say that I'm like oh yeah that totally it looks like that too
0: but that it's it's a blending of so many different worlds and you see that in your work and so it's interesting how that um, that uh, as you say that amalgamation kind of shapes and forms in your work where, where did you grow up
2: uh, Escataba, Mississippi so like uh, Gulf Coast Mississippi mm-hmm. um It's cool.
1: Where Greek and Roman culture is huge. Right. Yeah, yeah, robust and and a lot of (laughs) big
0: street art scene. A lot of Ivy
2: League (laughs) schools, lots of street art, big, big graffiti scene.
0: (laughs) A cultural hub.
2: Yeah, Karis one's from there. It's (laughs) it's a good town. (laughs) Um, No, it's like 300 people. We grew up in like a trailer park for a while and then we got a double wide and, you know, it's real country on the face of it. I loved it. Um, Or I love it now. I don't think I loved it then. But, like, I'm proud of where I'm from at this point. And I like tying that region and the folktales of that region to storylines that are, like, more culturally known. So, like, when I talk about Greece and I talk about, like, Sobek from Egypt, it's laced with something that means Escataba to me. And it's just my way of, like, sweetening uh, the cut. So, like, I want to introduce you to Mississippi I don't want it to be this hack shit, and I don't want it to feel like the Django or like mm. you know there's good narratives in Mississippi, and I just think it needs a new wrapping and a new presentation, and all that evil shit's true too, Mississippi's like fucked up, but uh you know big crits from Mississippi, and I'm from Mississippi, and there's things I like about the people in Mississippi, yeah of course, so that's the childhood there it just made me like really interested in like universal stories and then how to like. Make that window work for where I'm from,
0: and, and what do you, what do your folks do, or what did they do?
2: Um, my mom was a nurse most of my life. Um, when I was born, she was a like a bartender, and then she started going to night school and became a nurse. And my dad is like uh, he works for a construction company.
0: And what did they think uh, When you started to get into the arts?
2: uh, you know, I think my mom was real worried. She was like, yeah. she was real unhappy about it. Um, not to say anything negative about it, she, but she, she wasn't cool with it. And my dad was like real, he was just like, you can do whatever you want. But if you're going to do this path, that's like impractical on its head, and it's your favorite thing to do that's fine but i don't want to ever hear you complaining about it i don't want to hear about no hardships i don't want to hear about any of that and uh, <sighs> that's like, a real ass dad talk
0: too Tough love. yeah and right yeah that
2: shit you know he's always there for me if i need uh he ain't like that tough love but like that stuck with me I was like oh yeah i'm you know it's a lucky gig i got and i might work an insane amount of hours but like no one's telling me to like I could go get a way more stable job, probably even figure out health insurance. But you know, this is what I want to do, so I try not to complain.
0: And where do you where do you call? Uh, what's your home base now?
2: Uh, right now, it's Memphis. Okay, yeah. yeah, okay.
0: We'll 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 get to how you got there, Sarah. You are uh, not from Chicago.
1: You know, I want to tackle this. I want to tackle this head on. Okay, I <laughs> I have this conversation a lot recently. I wanna I wanna know what it means to be from somewhere, like where. Where does that come from? When you move around a lot, right? Like, okay, I was born in Boulder, born in Boulder, Colorado. A lot of people don't know that. I lived there for a year as an infant and then directly here, lived in Chicago for five years. Ah, okay. Okay, then relocated to Michigan, uh, spent 12 years or something there, uh, you know, through middle school, high school, um, and then college- Boom! Back to Chicago. I've lived in Chicago longer than I've lived anywhere else. What does it mean? What does it mean? Where? When I go somewhere and someone says, "Where are you from?" If I'm in LA, if I'm in New York, I say I'm from Chicago. Yeah, I'm well, from Chicago. What look, is? Where do I say? What do I say?
0: Look, I am certainly not the uh, <laughs> uh, official uh, on this, but I think because in part of not only the time but the amount of work you've put in in this city, I think you, you've well you, and you've made the city better. So I think once you do that. You could, you know, if you so choose, you can say that you are from here. I
1: appreciate here. that. It's a conversation I have a lot. And it's like, you know, both of my parents were born and raised here. My mom was uh, born and raised in Rogers Park, Indian Boundary, Devon, the whole thing. My dad was uh, born in Humboldt Park. Um, and then later, Skokie, because that's where all the Jews lived. Yeah. Um, and like every, every weekend, every holiday, my entire family, all my cousins and grandparents are here. I mean my life was Chicago, like we were here all the time. Um, And anytime I was in Michigan, I love Michigan, but always, you know, plotting on on how to get back here. And as soon as I was was old enough to make that decision, I did come back. But it's an interesting conversation. But that uh, is the entire meaning kind of behind Chicago Trueborn, is that I feel like there are a lot of implants here. Uh, people, transplants, maybe not implants, Uh, people who, uh, you know, this is the major city in the Midwest. Uh, So lots of people, lots of people move here. And once you spend a certain amount of time here, it does become your home. And you there's a ride or die mentality in Chicago, right? So you know, I like to say you don't have to be from Chicago to be Chicago trueborn. It's just like a feeling of when you see the skyline when you're driving and when you're outside city limits, like you're up Chicago, and that's what it is, and I ride or die for this city. It's my city. I, I feel yeah. like I, I've grown up here, so.
0: Yeah, when you, and you've put on for the city, and you've I put do. on for so many artists in the city. Uh, Chicago Trueborn is currently at 1741 West Chicago Avenue. That was not its first home. It's
1: true. It's right. true. It's, it's like you've done your research. Well, like <laughs> so <been
0: there. laughs> so, so uh, how long ago did you start the, the gathering?
1: So uh, the gallery, it's another, it's another conversation that I'm having a lot lately, uh, started in 2011. That's like, you know, LLC was created. We started doing street festivals in the summer um, and then pop-up shops like every other month for two years, uh, pretty much meeting artists and meeting collectors and just throwing shows, learning about what the hell it meant to be a gallery or to represent artists because went in totally blind. Um, 2013 is when I opened the first physical location. So that's kind of where we mark our anniversary, 2013, although really been putting in work and hitting the streets since 2011. Um, But yeah, so we opened the first spot um, on Division there, Division Milwaukee, Ashland. It was a great starter space. It was like 3,000 square feet, so it became a lot for me to manage on my own. Uh, I was also not in like a a commercial corridor, we could call it. Um, So yeah, eventually, then 2015, found this amazing, totally vacant dump of a space uh, on Chicago Avenue, and it had these old school retail windows, which when I reference my my family being from Chicago, my grandfather used to own um, a shoe store on Devon And these are shoe windows, like the retail. It it for me was just the perfect, like, yeah, this is my spot. I saw the murals going in for every show in those windows. I just knew it was meant to be. So it got in there, and uh, we totally redid everything, new lights, new floors, new everything, and opened it up. And I just can't imagine another place for the gallery. West town, best town for life. Like Chicago Avenue has changed my whole life.
0: Well, and you've also helped to change Chicago Avenue, yeah, um, yeah. and it is a beautiful space. It's a very important space. What what brought you to want to curate uh, art both as a gallerist but also in the community because you also secure so many walls and public art projects for artists from around the world?
1: Yeah, the mission the mission has evolved for sure. I mean – Uh, You know, what we do at the gallery is is we work hard to represent street artists and graffiti artists. So it's kind of the natural progression. That's what they love to do. They want to go out and flex on a big wall. Like, that is just the bottom line. So showing work inside the gallery is definitely a priority, um, and my head's always there. And it's great to make artists money off of their studio work. And I think the coolest part of it is when people connect with the murals outside, and it's a part of their community, and then they're able to take a small piece of that home into their lives wherever they go for the for the rest of their lives. Um, but it was just a natural progression. These are these are artists who want to paint murals, um, and I want to help them do it. And I mean, just the the, the mural on our building, like I said, it, it kind of changed the whole game for me and and Chicago Avenue and. And Westtown and public arts—it's really been incredible the power of public art.
0: So Burke, Cap, you know, five years ago, you emailed Sarah or in Chicago Trueborn. you're like, "Yo, um, check out my shit." Like, how does that work? And and why did you email Chicago Trueborn specifically?
2: I mean, I'm glad I did, but I I don't know if if my research was like good at all. I would I just I was googling like I was going to Chicago because my my best friend from high school is a uh, an actor up here he, he plays for the neo-futurist up north. And so I was coming to stay with him, and I was like, I really want to paint a wall when I'm in Chicago. That would be cool. And so I messaged, like, I just I typed in Chicago street art and just emailed, like, the first 20 things.
1: Which is amazing that and, it came up in that time.
2: And then Sarah was the only person to come up, so I brought her some prints, and she was at the old space. It had, like, a Hebrew Brantley mural in it. And I was like, oh, I'm in real Chicago. Mm -hmm. And she gave me a a wall to paint under an underpass. And that was my first and only wall in Chicago for years.
0: Well, Sarah, I I imagine every artist who walks in, you don't put on a wall, right? You don't, I mean, what did you, what was your initial impressions?
1: (laughs) I I was hoping that Birdcap was going to have a better story there because I don't remember. <laughs> I thought I that know, was pretty good. I know. I mean, like you more know. details, <laughs> yeah, like of how it all went you down. Were wearing don't
2: burgundy remember. shoes. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't remember how the whole thing went down or what. I know this I, is Birdcap by yeah, the way. Oh, if you
2: nice know. To meet you. <laughs> yeah,
1: he he. There's a piece in my office in the new in in my Chicago Avenue space that you painted. I think that was around the same time. So same I was at the New Space or just even moving in there. I'm not, I don't You don't, even you don't
0: know. recall? Okay.
1: I don't know, but I do know that you hadn't painted many murals, and you did that all with bucket paint and brushes. Yeah, there was, like, about, no aerosol that on like that. Very, I, th- Sherman I used Williams some for shirt. fills.
2: Yeah. yeah, and I had an extra tight
1: <laughs> I Sherman remember that. shirt.
2: Like, I went in, and the dude behind the counter was giving me a hard time about my clothes. And he was like, I'll let you buy this paint, yeah. but you got to change Cause I was like, it was like a dirty shirt, I guess. I don't know. And he came back with like a medium, and I'm like a double XL if like I eat right. Um, And it was like, it was like, I look like
1: I've got pictures. I look like the hamburger
2: dude from Trailer Park Boys, and he was just like so for it, and he was like, get out of here. He gave me like a discount, and then like I took all my paint in my crop top and painted, Uh, and I, I was I was real pleased with it.
1: And that's part of, that's part of the, the growth and the connection, though, that I'm referencing is, you know, you, you put that mural... And under uh, Chicago and Lessing at the underpass there. And it was there for years and years and people become really, really attached to it. Um, And although they're rotating walls or whatever, people get so people were sad to see that go. And then, of course, we got you a bigger, better wall right next to it. So it's all good. But uh, that's part of it. You know, It, it becomes a part of people's life and experience in Chicago and that's the special part of murals and street art to me. Yeah,
2: Yeah, that was one of my first walls in the States, because I had been, I started painting when I was in Korea, and then I think I had been back, like, four months, and so I was... How long were you in Korea? I was in Korea for, like, four and a half years. Okay, and what brought Uh, you there? You know, like, uh, life crisis. I I graduated with a degree in, like, art history, so I had, like, a ton of jobs lined up, and (laughs) I was, like, freaking out, (laughs) and... And I got a job teaching English, just like, you know, anyone. Right. Uh, Where in like, Korea were you? Oh, the first year it was in a place called Uisong, which is like the garlic capital of South Korea. There's like a stone statue of a clove of garlic. You can do a five-course meal that's all garlic-based, like garlic chocolate, garlic jello, garlic tea. Dude, what? Uh, and, I know This is really Black garlic Is like real They're famous for black garlic Which is like garlic Grown steeped in soy sauce And you just like Drink its juice In the morning Because yeah, just... it keeps you Alive forever Wow uh, And like Note. My principal <laughs> Made me drink that With him every morning Because he liked Watching me Like not take it well oh. um, and, and then I got lucky And I taught In Gyeongju For like two years At a university That's during... also my rap name Oh Gyeongju Gyeongju <laughs> <laughs> Gyeongju Yeah <laughs> Uh, that's a good name. Never okay. quite heard
1: it like that, did you?
2: <laughs> he, uh, I taught like American music history at like a university and just made up a syllabus. Uh, it was like, what was it? It was Afro spiritual to Public <laughs> Enemy, but I just had to Google it every night. Um, and then I got some jobs doing illustration up in Seoul for two years, and then that's when I had like the free time to. I got really into going out and painting. But then I was here for, like, two months, and I was like, I'm going to visit Nick. And so that's how I met Sarah. Right.
0: Amazing. Um, that's uh, – you, you've lived – you start. You said you started to do street art in Korea for the first time.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than some, like, real, like, I don't know what you call it, like, civilian graffiti on trains when I was, like, in college. Didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. The first, I took it – I started taking it seriously, yeah, in Korea, in Seoul. Because they had a ton of – and they have a ton of, like, great – graffiti writers and street artists and so but they're more character based and i was just like i fell hard for it and i was like okay i want to do this i'd given up on ever being like an artist as a career and i was like this looks fun it's like not stressful not panicking (laughs) so like every weekend i would just go and do graffiti and then like it just lined up to where that's when like the trend blew up and then you know you're able to make money at it
1: not stressful you still still riding that wave yeah <laughs> uh, it's, it's less
2: stressful this is still funner at the end of the day than anything i tried before like when i was trying just to be a gallery artist i was like i don't know lonely like it's it's great being outside most of the year and it's like the friends i have in this are like more family than any art division i was trying to be in before that it just didn't make sense like i'd rather hang out with Sinrock than any college classmate i had uh, well,
0: that's one of the ways I know your work is that you are in a, a pretty dope trio. You, St. Rock, and Lillipour. Um <laughs> yeah. you, you guys have a, a relatively new mural on the outside of the homie uh, Tanya Lozano's Healthy Hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a really, a really dope space. That's and so, why I met Mercedes. Oh, bet. Yeah, right. That makes sense. And so, but so that crew. How did you? How did you meet that cast of characters?
2: Um, so I met Lil- I met Natasha in Denver a couple years ago. I Always do a thing called Colorado Crush. And she flew a out. a great festival. It yeah. is fun, man. Uh, Robin Munro is the, the dude who started He's a real, real cool guy. Uh, really takes care of his neighborhood. But, uh, so Natasha flew in to do Secret Walls. She wasn't part of the thing. And uh, I was like, I was wondering what she'd be like. Because I looked on the internet. She has like 7 trillion followers or some shit. And like, she just, I was like, she's going big time me. <laughs> and then she was like so cool and down to earth. And I was like, I got an extra wall doesn't pay anything but like you can jump on it with me and she was down and she worked from like 12 noon to 6 a.m with me and i was like Ah, okay i'm gonna keep her in my friend circle as long as possible and then she met Sintrock at designer con and then when we found out that they knew each other and i knew them i organized a mural for us in tampa bay and now we just right, try to get some water. Which Studios I've also for.
0: seen. Yeah, because they also do a... Um, well, St. Pete, Tampa Bay do a... Shine uh, Festival. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's very dope. Now, one of the things I love about Sarah's curatorial practice is that it, it does account for both the street practice as well as the studio sp- practice. Um, Sarah, I'm curious about why that mix is important for you and also Birdcap as an artist uh, you know, maybe not what space you like to work in more, but how you think of it as a balance, or what is the intersection between these two worlds?
2: Is that for me? Should yeah. I
1: jump yes, in? Yes, it's kind
0: of a uh, both of y'all question.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it a little earlier, and if anyone has ever asked me about this before, they're gonna rehear my words about it. But it's just, it's a connection you make when you live in a neighborhood or work in a neighborhood, or or whatever. When you see a, a piece every day. You might notice it in the beginning and then eventually it just becomes like second nature and you just pass it by and it is what it is. It's a part of you and it's a part of your home and community. So when you can come in, I use, I use Lauren Asta as an example a lot. Um, I mean, she's taken Chicago by storm. Her work is incredible and it's very unique. Um, so you see a Lauren Asta piece. Uh, so many times and then you come into the gallery and you're able to collect a piece and that piece looks exactly like her work in the streets like it's undeniable you can see it so you take that piece home with you and then I don't know you're 75 living in wichita whatever you can look at this piece for the rest of your life and be like remember we were in our 20s and we lived in west town and we had the whatever." like it just brings back memories it's very your old
0: person voice is yeah, really outstanding you, yeah you do well
1: i have a birthday coming on thursday so i'm working on that hey, old person yeah, it's very it's okay. very natural yeah <laughs> uh, so i don't know i think it's just like a cool connection that always takes you back to that that headspace um, and just reminds you of where you were at that point Do you feel the same way?
2: (laughs) Uh, I like the way you described it. I don't think I've given it much thought. (laughs) Like, the truth is, like, you need to diversify your income. And one day my back is going to be, like, lame. And I'm going to need to do, like, interior work and gallery work. And that'll be a... It needs to be a bigger part of my salary down the road than murals. I love murals. If I could do one thing every day it would just be murals and like riding big machines that make you feel like competent and like i don't really know how they work but i can do you know scissor lifts okay like i'd rather do that for the rest of my life but when you look at people who have done this career before they they all transition to doing you know more than one flow and it's something like i've got to keep working at getting in the habit of like it's fun to build this show because like I end up enjoying it by the end of, like, the process. Like, I was away for six weeks. I didn't do any murals, and I just did this. And, like, it's super edifying, and, like, you you have your own fun time, and you got to build a whole different rhythm to it, and you got to make sure to, like, go outside in the morning. And, like, you know, it's a different process, but I'm doing it because, like, I want to be long-term, and I don't know what my body is going to be like at, like, 60, right? I don't know if I'll be wanting to, like, be on a cherry picker, so...
0: The, the practice for you In the studio How often are you I mean it, Even to build the show Let's say um, It took you You said six weeks To build this show
2: About six weeks um, Which seems like Not
0: that much time I Given like I think how,
1: Let's say like It took you three years Okay. So It's a big body of work that he's been working well, on of course. for decades. Yeah, of
0: course. Well, w- yeah. which is true in the in, in, in the sense that, of course, like everything prepares you for this moment and the characters that yeah. you have Six developed.
2: Six weeks is a long time. Well, for a make. muralist,
0: and and and, that, and that's the thing that I think the tension or you know some of the, the the interest I have in the different aspects of the disciplines in these spaces is that the muralist does work very quick, but very the studio nice. artist sometimes will labor over years to produce a body of work but I wonder how that you know how that works when you then you're like yo I have I gotta get I gotta pump this show out let me hit the studio five hours a day 15 hours a day it just you're just in the flow and you break or
2: I wake up and work until I go to sleep they're long days they're they're long terrible lonely days and you go through like every podcast you've ever been talked to about like I know so much about Dolly Parton now because that was like the last Join I was in before I came up here. Word. So I, shout
0: out to all the painters listening yeah, in right now. Helping get like, you through. East,
2: East Tennessee, Dolly pardon great woman. Um, yeah, man. It's it's. So it's how, a, yeah, it's I a mean, different training. So it's a different muscle. So you're not used to working it out, and so it's like it's hard to get in the flow. It was hard for me. Like the first three days of being in that studio. Was I, it like, here? Did you make? Did you make? The no, work I made here? it all in Memphis and drove okay, it up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah um and it's not a studio it's my kitchen so i couldn't get to my stove for like six weeks so like i grub hubbed any profit i would have made uh <laughs> just thousands and thousands to right, so really
0: come out and buy right these paintings
2: on taco bell right uh yeah no it's a cool experience it's a it's hard to articulate but it's a different headspace and it's not kinetic in the same way and i think that's what you get addicted to as a muralist is like doing this ritualistic trip to the job site and like gives you this semblance of like a normal life where you're like i'm gonna wake up at six i'm gonna get my coffee i'm gonna go to the job site come home the day's over but like when it's in your home you're like I'm going to stay up for 28 days yeah. and like and that, watch all the Breaking Bad again in the background. And
0: that piece of yarn that you keep pulling on sometimes is endless, right? You're like, oh, let me just... I thought of this thing. Let me go back. I'll
2: edit, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. So it's like I would get to where I'm like, all oh, the paintings are done. And then I'd be like, none of the paintings are done. And so it's... Yeah, it's a weird... It's more of a crisis when you're building studio work where I know exactly how murals are finished. Like the whole thing i loved about graffiti in the beginning is like you couldn't go out there and like like explore the paint (laughs) like like it wasn't like no i have to be gone before the sun comes up and i'm not coming back to work on it that's insane and so you go with your specific paints and you know the end result in your head before you go and that like that was the skeletal structure that made the whole process like profound to me and so to go back to the The studio, I was kind of terrified for a while. So, I've been a muralist for seven years. This is my first solo show. And I think it's because it took me a while to figure out how to like turn down the volume of all that ambient noise of the possibilities. It's like, you like that's what was cool about the De Style movement. It's like you reduce it to like primary colors and black and white, you reduce it to like geometry and like creativity happens around like. Your limits, like that's that's where like really like fun creativity happens. But when you have you know limitless possibilities, it's kind of like overwhelming. Now I,
0: I know you still write and practice letters. Did you start in graffiti? With
2: no, no, no. When I say graffiti, I mean it in like the just like a literal like illegal art. Um, no, no. And before like street art became like such a complicated term, I would always say street artist. But now. I just say, like, you know, whatever I do now is murals, or you can say it's street art, or whatever. And But for a while, I did illegal work, and that, the fun part of it was, like, that trip. That, like, this whole transit to another space, and then, like, returning and never coming back. was, like, that That made it all so fun. Um, and how and, did you get the
0: name, Birdcat?
2: Oh, I don't know, man. I... <laughs> I've lied so many times. I don't want to okay, lie to right. you. You have kind eyes. <laughs> um, the the lady who showed me around the basics of like uh, going out and painting was this lady named Junkhouse, and she's in Korea and she's a fantastic artist, still active today. She's a little bit older than me, not by much, but in Korea it's like it's like a society that's built on Confucianism. So she, I was like little brother. And, like, she was real strict on me and real sweet and uh, caretaker type. And her name was just two, like, words, like, Junk House. And I think I wanted mine to mimic hers, mm-hmm. like, out of respect. Homage, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, like, I hadn't thought about what to sign it. And then we were leaving. And I was like, Ugh. And <laughs> it just came to my heart. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, was dope. Um all right, so you have so this solo show will be up for five weeks. uh Sarah, how often is the gallery open? Where can people go to find out information about all of these things?
1: Okay, so real quick, just about his show, I just wanna I just wanna tell everybody how how vast it is and how eclectic. There are so many different options at this show. Um, he's got small canvases, there are large canvases. he's got a hand painted pottery. Um, there are there's a limited edition print drop happening. Um, I mean, it's, it's really an eclectic show. And it's the perfect opportunity for people who are already established art collectors or people who want to get into collecting artwork like there's so many different price points. It's really approachable and affordable and just want people to get in there and like just feel comfortable. Like you can ask questions. That's one of the, the things I
0: love about your gallery yeah. is that you really ensure that anyone can walk away with something. Um, yes. You know, there is there is that range in price point, and I think that's very admirable and very important.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that, that's really, really important to me. Like, first and foremost, just spending my life visiting galleries and feeling so unwelcome. And still to this day, I mean, it, it's really easy to walk into a fine art gallery and, and feel unwelcomed. Uh, a lot of times they don't even look up from the desk. Um, but then if they do, you just still don't feel like you can really afford something. So, affordability is huge. We want to make sure our artists are eating and, and paid as well. So, there's a happy medium um, for sure. But, Uh, beyond how incredible the show is. Let's see, what are we talking about? How to get there. When the show's up, the show's up through the end of the year. Um, It's kind of some weird weeks there with Thanksgiving and Christmas, so it'll just be up through the end of the year. Um, We're open Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 12 to 7, open Saturday, 2 to 6. Um, We're closed Sunday, Monday, but by appointment. So if you want to make an appointment, if you can't make it any other time, shoot me a message, Chicago Trueborn on Instagram.
0: And that yeah, that's seventeen forty one with Chicago Avenue, Chicago, Trueborn on IG Birdcap. Where can people find you and your work on the internet?
2: Uh, Birdcap on IG.
1: And let's also say the space, the Chicago Trueborn space, is so special. Like I was talking about earlier, there's two windows, and uh, the the featured artist paints the murals there, as you know, Kevin. For every show, so the space totally transforms every five weeks for the featured artist. So Birdcap will be unveiling two secret murals the the curtains drop on saturday right before the show so you'll come and see those and get your selfies on in front of those and that just adds to the to the show it, it's a big big part of it
2: and i've been painting those today so yep. anything i said dumb <laughs> like it's got a lot, them, so oh, no, a lot and of fumes i i i see it on your hands yeah.
0: too you're yeah yeah <laughs>
2: just a filthy person <laughs>
0: Um, Y'all, I I, I appreciate you guys being in the corner store And I'm so excited to come see the show So congratulations uh, Sarah, yet again, you did it again You know, another contribution to the uh, visual and cultural space In the city of Chicago Thank you so much for being in the corner store, both y'all
1: Thank you for having us Shout out
0: our super producer, DJ Cashera Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official Corner Store Photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the Corner Store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com, Corner Store underscore pod.
2: The Corner Store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.